Uh, but welcome everyone back here um, in our Bible study as we continue on uh, with, our, uh, with our study of last week's question, number 10, about symbolism of Christ's body and blood or the true body and blood of Christ Jesus. And um, yeah, why don't we begin with a word of prayer. And dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word this morning as you have given us uh, the true Refuge of safety eternally uh, through, your, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Bless us, O Lord, in this word. And as we study your sacraments that you give, may this also be our treasured bounty as we rejoice in what you have given to us freely in your body and blood. We thank you, O Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, so today, uh, as we continue on in the back half of our portion... You know, I think it's, it's important um, as we look at this back half, and, I, and I, I had a conversation, I, you know, I had so many epiphanies this week, um, so many, overstatement, but uh, some, few, few, uh, in a sense of how important it is, uh, you know, like, the question of why, why do we come here to church? Like, Dave, if I said, you know, church is church. Wherever you go, church is church. So that's fine. But what, what is it about coming here that, that, let's say, is a little, what distinguishes this church, let's say, from another church? Um, in that whole church of church idea. Any, any thoughts on that? Sorry for putting you on this. <laughs> Did I just? I'm so mean. If you think about how our service begins, it's not us giving anything to God except for all the dirty linen that we have in our closet. When you really think about it, the first thing on our order of service is confession. That's right. So we're giving something to God in one sense, but it's something we want to get rid of. That's right. And immediately he gives back to us the forgiveness of sin. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, That's I've been thinking of, I think about this a lot for, let's say, why do people um, go to church? And at the same time, why do they stay? Or at the same time, why do they leave? And it goes both ways, right? And it always goes back to what is church and what is it about church that we come to church every week? Why do we do that? And what is it all about? And it's, at the end of the day, as we talked about last week, it's all about certainty, right? Uh, it's all about the certainty and assurance. And I had this epiphany. I, had to, I don't know, this gentleman might be hearing this later in the week, but I had this long talk with him uh, he lives in the Midwest, and he's, he's really dealing with a lot of different things of the faith. And um, we talked about certainty and uh, how important certainty is to hear and receive time and time again. Like, it's one thing to say, Nancy might say, or Tina might say, or even Jeff. <laughs> even Jeff might say, I already know that. Why do I have to hear it again? We received Christ's body and blood last week. Why do we receive it again? It's getting a little 
wrote, we confess our sins this week. Why do I need to be absolved again? I've, I, I know the order, and I know, okay, we've done this. You've, some of you who have been here, the veterans of this church, you know, who have been here multiple generations. Well, not multiple. Not, I mean, multiple generations of your family have been here, and you've been here to see all these generations come through. You, you always have to ask yourself, well, why do I come here? Is it just because it's what we've done? and it's comfortable and we know where we have our position and place and we just kind of know our... And at the end of the day, uh, you always have to ask yourself that. Why, why do you come to church? And um, this is the key distinction here as we will talk about today, uh, about what is, what is true um, as we come to church this week. So anyways, we're on the back side of our paper. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about this today. Uh, Anthony is back, alive and well. Thanks yeah. be to God. Yes. Said some prayers for you, Anthony, that you wouldn't fall asleep on the road, Thanks. and you didn't, because <laughs> I think I see you. That's right. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, we're on the backside here. Last week we talked about the bare bones basics of the true body and blood of Jesus. Very important. Uh, on, on why we uh, uh, have the church that we do and how much certainty and assurance God brings uh, through his word. But on the, on the back side here, key distinctions between spiritual and true. And these are things that uh, not only I've said in my life when I was younger, but also what I've heard people say spiritually or symbol on the symbol side, um, but also what we believe according to scripture in the true body and blood of Jesus, right? So why don't we go through these real quick? Uh, symbol on the symbol side, uh, there is only the bread and wine in the supper. Sorry, do you mind if I close these a little? They're a little rattling here. That's better. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So uh, there is only the bread and wine in the supper. Now, what, what does this mean for someone? Let's say, let's get in their shoes. There is only bread and wine in the supper. Then what's the point? Okay, okay, so good. That's, that's the bridge. But what, let's be honest, because I've, I've said this myself. You know, I, I wasn't generationally lifelong Lutheran, so what do we say? if it's not the body and blood of Jesus and only the bread and wine? What, what is our explanation of why we would do such things? What do you think it would be if it wasn't the true body? Symbolic. Reminder. Of his crucifixion and that he gave it to you. Okay. So, 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 so someone who would just believe that it is only bread and wine, it almost makes it, or it makes it, as something that we are inevitably doing to remember him or doing it for God, right? Uh, and it really does take out not only the, 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 the body and blood of Jesus, but also the benefits of that, 
right? And namely, why do we take communion? Because not only do we believe it's the true body and blood of Jesus, but it's for what? For the forgiveness, forgiveness of sins. Yeah, usually, usually, and it's and I think the key is here, Chris, and for everyone here. And I want to be clear about this. It's not that we believe that any other denomination doesn't believe in Jesus. That's not what we're saying, right? But what we're saying is about certainty, about assurance that when I take this body and blood of Jesus right here, right now, I am forgiven of all my sins. Like that is absolute. Jesus' body and blood here with me as I consume and receive in faith, right? The forgiveness of my sins. I'm not wondering if I am forgiven or if, or if Jesus has done enough, but rather I know that I'm forgiven right now of all my sins because the word of God says so, right? And this is the key of what Jesus is doing for us. See, this is the shift, of symbol versus true body and blood. And what, what is the shift uh, as we look at this? A symbol, you know, it kind of shifts this way. I don't know why I did that arrow there. That is pointless because they don't connect to each other. Uh, <laughs> bad teacher, bad. Anyways, uh, Symbol versus true body and blood. The shift of... That's right. Okay. The inevitable shift is this. Is... Is this right here. Right? And when we speak of symbol versus true body and blood, uh, soon we will find, you know, when you talk to people about, oh, this is what we do, uh, remembering what the Lord has done, Right? But this is what we do for the Lord. This is what we do to remember him. Uh, and again, that, that is definitely different when, when we talk about the right side, the true body. We receive his true body and blood. Now, what is it about that that is different? That we're receiving his true body and blood as God comes down to man for the forgiveness of our sins. We're not, we're not simply remembering what he has done for us at the cross, but by the benefits of his death and resurrection, there in this space and time, we are actually being forgiven by God for the forgiveness of our sins. And when you think about certainty and assurance, by the promise of God's word, it is what he is doing for us. And this is, uh, this is very important in terms of our certainty. Um, and I, I talked to you about this epiphany that I had earlier this week. Um, and so quickly, so subtle it is that this shift is. Like this man to God, how subtle it can be. Whether it be uh, the symbolism of the sacraments or let's say not a gospel-centered message. Maybe a how do I be a better disciple, a better Christian? How can I, um, you know, do all these things? And that's great. But when we hear God's word, 
there, as the Lord said, to give them the gospel, right? To preach the gospel, not just about the gospel, but the gospel of Jesus for each and every one of you. Sacrament is not just about the sacrament, about what Jesus had done 2,000 years ago, but the sacrament is again about for you. What you are receiving, you might look at it and say, okay, it's another Sunday. It's been a long week. We do the order. Okay, everyone stand. Page 160, service of the sacrament, right? Let's, let's get this going. Okay, you know, what time is it? Okay, we're on time. We're getting it done. You know, uh, it's another week. Okay, this is what we do as a church. Um, but when you really think about it, and trust me, pastors are, we're, we're not immune either. It's like, okay, we know the order. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, actually, this is a very precious time where things are happening. Certainty is happening. Your faith assurance is happening in a sense of God giving you his true body and blood. Okay, so um, any thoughts on that before we go on to the next kind of set of phrases? Do you, do you see the difference with that and how that can shift? Um, yeah. I could talk so much about this. Um, anyways, uh, Jesus is in heaven. He cannot be bodily present with us. Uh, people say that. Luther's time, people struggle with that too. The ascension to the right hand of God was he stays there and Jesus is nowhere to be seen but at the right hand of God, right? Uh, well, what does that say? A lot of times with this arrow. If Jesus can't be with us, our, our humanist does what? We have, to go to him. we have to ascend and find him wherever he may be lurking, right? Maybe find the right address, go Google Maps. Where is Jesus? And, and uh, take the uh, ETA. How much is the ETA to heaven? We'll see. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to try to find him, right? But what about this on the right-hand side? Take, eat, this is my body, Matthew 26, 26, Mark 14, 22, Luke 22, 19. This is my blood, Matthew 26, 28, Mark 14 to 24, Luke 22 to 20, uh, 22, 20. Jesus is in heaven. He cannot be bodily present with us. And many will people say, I need to, I want to be closer with God. Do, do you see how that subtlety works? How, how do you grow closer to, how, I want to be closer to him. I need to do these things and, and be closer. And, and if I do these things, I know my walk with the Lord will be, will be, uh, will, will be deeper. Um, and this is where the true body and blood changes that. It, it has that switch from God to man or man to God to God to man. It's, he draws closer to me. Uh, and he gives me his body and blood for the forgiveness of my sins. I'm not on the quest to, to, to find him, but rather he is the one who dies and rises for me. Right? It's not my strength because I'm a dead sinner needing to be made alive. Right? I, I need God to come to me in the form of the gospel. And, and there we, we see that shift again of not searching, but rather it is Jesus who searches for us by his means, and that is uh, the body and blood of Jesus. Uh, any thoughts on that? Do you see the kind of the, the distinction? And trust me, 
Even we know this distinction, all of us here. But this is very easy. Raise your hand if this is very easy for you to fall into. Raise your hand. Anyone? Or are we just perfectly? Right? We all face it. Now, now the thing is this, is that even a little bit of that kind of switch, it's like a flood. Right? It doesn't even take a lot to have this switch occur. Do you know what I mean? We're so sinful and so self-dependent that this is our nature. Now, when we, when we receive the true body, there we understand and realize what is really happening and who is doing the work. And in turn, we see our certainty. Right? Our faith trusts in the certainty of God's word as he reaches down to us and gives us his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. That is, this is always what is at stake here, right? About and I'm not saying, you know, again, this is very, I want to be clear. Uh, uh, we, we, we have brothers and sisters in Christ, all who believe in Jesus Christ who died for their sins, right? Uh, the, these are our brothers and sisters, uh, those that believe in Jesus Christ or those uh, who say Jesus, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. We very well know that uh, they too are uh, part of the faithful. But at the end of the day, I think for us as a church, Our our mission is to keep this design intact so that you know, Don, that throughout all the algorithms that you might try to tinker with, you know that this is the most basic and simple algorithm that we try to complicate by our own human reason, and we just step back and say, yes, that's right, for me, how do I know? It's by the bread and body and blood of Jesus that I just fed on that there I have my certainty. That I'm not searching for God, but rather he searches for me. And, and that is by his grace. Right? Uh, make sense? That's what's happening here. Um, Go ahead. You also, it also says that Jesus can't do something. You're like limiting his power. So it says Jesus is in heaven. He cannot be bodily present. Can we limit Jesus' power? <laughs> do we do that as people? Oh, God surely couldn't have done that. I mean, come on, that doesn't make sense. Like, rise from, rise from the dead? Red Sea? Here's the words. It doesn't make sense. And too many people try to rationalize, or try to rationalize in life, so they carry it over into Scripture. Um, you, you, you can look at that up there. You, you can see only bread and wine. So therefore, you know, how can it be his body and blood? How can he be here when he's up there? These are all human concepts. But it uh, ignores the fundamental words of Scripture. And, you know, take, eat, this is my body. Take, drink, this is the blood of the new covenant. So you've got to ignore Scripture. Jesus says, I'll be with you even to the end of the age. Well, we're not quite there yet. However close we might think we are. But yeah, that's right. Ignore scripture in order to, to come back to this symbolic. Yeah, and, and this goes again with the, the gifts, the benefits of what Jesus promises. Not only that he's here with us, but he's here with us in bodily form and giving to us the forgiveness of sins. Right? It's not like, you know, oh, I don't, I don't, the devil will say, don't go to church. You already know that. Uh, ah, you know, communion, 
what's the big deal? I mean, we just do, that's a churchy thing to do, and, and, and no big deal, you know? Uh, but when we understand what this truly is, that God is actually here with us in our space and time, I mean, that's, that's radical in itself. Because at the end of the day, this is what's happening. And that is where we find our certainty and assurance in the one true faith, right? In faith. And that is God's gift to us in Jesus Christ. His word, Jesus institutes it, right? The sacraments. And here we rest, clearly, as the devil is doing his thing. Ooh, not use pink. That blends in. As the devil is doing what here? This is my dog barking. This is Dave's dog, Stitch, right? Kind of. Uh, (laughs) He's barking all these things, saying what? This is not true. You are not forgiven of your sins. Surely Jesus can't be here with you. And therefore, uh, at the same time, you have to do the work. You have to prove it. You have to be closer with God. You have to go on that quest. And soon enough, what's the result of his scheme is what? Uncertainty. And what does that lead to? D-R-E-I-R, despair, right? What is despair? What is despair? What is the definition of despair? What is no hope? Emptiness. Like crushed, empty, like... Because then everything relies on you and you know you can't do it. And you're going on that quest and, and you think, okay, I open this door, I open that door. Okay, if I open this door, maybe it'll get better. If I open that door, it'll maybe get better. Uh, but in the midst of all this, which we all face, trust me, uh, there by our own sinful nature... God gives to us his word and says, aha, this is where Jesus promises to be. And I am certain of that, that not only is he here with me, but he's actually forgiving me of my sin. Like, what football game can do that for you, Dave? <laughs> I mean, trust me, when the Rams win the Super Bowl, oof, I might shed a tear. But uh, when it comes to my forgiveness, oh, and the angels win the World Series. It's been too long, 18, 19 years. Man. Has it been that long? 2002? Yikes. I did cry that day. Anyways, um, true story. Anyways, Tim Salmon running around with the trophy, my favorite player of all time. Anyways, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, it was emotional. It was emotional. But even in that, this could never replace that certainty and concrete gift that God gives to me in his body and blood. Uh, and that's what's happening, Right? Uh, and that's why we come to church. Um, yeah, you know, trust me, during this time of COVID, it's been an interesting time, honestly, friends. You know, people go, y- y- you see, I know this is on YouTube, so I guess I have to, well, I won't filter myself, sorry. It's just not what we do. Um, but uh, you, you hear stories about why people go to church or why people don't go to church or... They have, you know, this mandate or that mandate or they don't have that mandate or, or they don't. I'm not, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to this church. I'm going to go to a different church and all these things. And I think at the end of the day, we have to ask a better question of why do I go to this particular church? The word is preached, the sacrament and administered. Bottom line, that's why I go there. It's not because they have a certain amount of programs. 
It's not because they have a cool um, pastor. That's why I love to be uncool. <laughs> That's what my kids say to me. Dad, don't ever do that outside, okay? Very uncool. You're not my dad if you do. Anyways, because uh, I sometimes dance and... You don't want to see that. You really don't. Uh, you'll see a different side of me. Anyways, but the point is, is uh, um, why do we go to church? Right? This is my only semblance of truth that I have in the midst of my rational fallen nature. Like, do you know that? I surely am humbly to say that about myself. Like, my human nature, even as a pastor, you, you don't know how many times I could say, I could fix this. I could do better if we, could, if we just put all the wires together and we provide a, you know, like this, whatever the world wants, we could fix it and everyone will come and, and man, it'll be great. And, and soon enough, we, we see ourselves, wait, what is this all about anyway? Right? It's about this. How, what, what is about this picture of God to man that we can continue to proclaim? And that's only about God and his word and the sacraments, nothing about ourselves. Right? That's why it's good to be uncool. Right? Because <laughs> it's all about the greatest word, and that is Jesus. It's, it's about him. Right? And that's why we come to church. Uh, anyways, um, so Christ ascended to the right hand of God. Uh, Jeff brought up a good point. How can, we, how can we limit God? Right? Because this is where, oh, we read it today. Right? Ephesians 1, I believe. Well, not all of it. Sorry. Uh, but Jesus is where he promises to be. So where do we find Jesus? Do we find him in our heart? Like, is Jesus in my heart? How do I know that Jesus is with me? Am I digging through every crevice of my human organs and trying to find, how do I know? How, how am I concrete? If I say, if Dane said, Jesus is in my heart, and I would tell him, not, not seminarian, Dane, but just human being, Dane, right? How do you know Jesus is in your heart? Well, I just know. I just feel him. I just feel him. But how do you know for certain that he is with you? Because he said so. Well, that's seminarian, Dane. But I, I, I told you, Dane, let's play the, play the scenario right. But uh, does, does that make sense? This is, and it's very subtle too, friends, this whole shift of I feel him. This is... This is this model, and we all do it. And that's why we need to hear and receive this, the direction. See, that's why we come here. Anyways, any thoughts on this? Well, just, just think, given Christ's words, there's more than two or three of us gathered here today. Yes, and there I will be. Yes. You know? And again, this is, again, how we view church too. If you say Jesus is with us here in this present time, usually this side will say, no, he's not here, but we are giving him honor and glory. Right? It's like we're, he's, he's there, we believe in Jesus, and he's, he's at right hand of God's street, and we're giving him all honor, and we're, 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 um, we're seeing him from afar, right? Uh, but we're giving him all glory. Um, no, he's actually, you just fed on his body and blood. <laughs> He's literally in you. Like, does that... I mean, the disciples, they were accused of cannibalism for eating the body and blood of Jesus, right? Uh, and likewise, we too, I guess, in this world and day and age, if people really did not know what we were doing, they would accuse us of, 
of cannibalism as well, um, in a sense of what people think cannibalism is. But in, in a sense, you know, when we talk about consuming, that's what we just consumed in the 8 a.m. service, which I know some of you haven't done yet since you're coming to a later service. But this is what we're receiving. So God is with you, and you know it. There's no inner working, tinkering, and trying to excavate yourself, uh, digging in your deep soul, trying to find Jesus. No, you know because of what the word has said. See, that's, this is what is at stake, you know? Um, yeah, that's right. I could say something, but I won't. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, I, I, I won't. I should YouTube. Anyways, um, nothing bad, just something more about our church that I didn't want to bring out there. Um, but uh, let's see. Uh, next one. I honor and give all glory to God in this meal. And we do too, right? We give all glory to God. But is that all that it is? Is that all that it is that we're just giving honor and glory? Is that all the sacrament is for us? Is it just giving honor and glory to God? Um, same way with baptism. How do, how do some people view baptism? When I'm ready to give my life to the Lord, then I will be baptized. I take this communion to give all glory and honor to God. That's not wrong, per se. But that's, that, that limits us to what this... It's, it's, it's too limiting. There's more than that, right? On the flip side, Christ is the host, uh, chef and servant. This is from our, uh, our confessions. Christ is the host... I forgot to... Um, quote it or reference it. Christ is the host, chef, and server. So have you ever been to a restaurant? I know it's been a while. Actually, I went the other day. Where did we eat? I forgot. Um, I told you, I don't remember. Oh, good call. That's probably right. Mexican? Do we have Mexican? What do we have? Oh, with my brother, Pete. My my blood brother, Pete. Uh, What do we... Oh, we had Cheesecake Factory. I felt really different after I ate that place. I'm like, let's exercise. Anyways, um, what, do you do at a, what do you do at a restaurant? Do you, go back in the, do you go back and cook your own meal? Do you, does the host say, oh, fine. Well, sometimes they say find your own table, right? Seat yourself. But usually at a restaurant, they, you wait. Host takes you to your table. What does the chef do? Cooks it for you. Um, that's right. What does the server do? Brings it to you, takes your order, brings it to you, and, and gives, you what you, uh, gives you what you ordered. So what is about this quote from our confessions? Christ is the host, chef, and server in the sacrament. Why is that so important when it comes to the view of the true body and blood of Jesus. He's doing all the work. It's, it's coming once again back to the God going down to man. Yeah. Not the other way around. Yeah. You know, it's like Mary and Martha. Same good old story, right? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Martha was, uh, what was she doing? She was like, pots and pans clinking everywhere, dust out, you know, I know... Oh, my wife's here. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Guests are coming over. Boom. We're, we're on watch. 
get out the vacuum, clean it up, make sure every, you know, we're busy, busy, busy. I don't know about you, uh, but uh, I can attest if you see my office. Uh, it's a disaster zone, and it's similar to how I do things. Look at my house, but my wife is, she's the complete opposite of me, thanks be to God, that she is. So great she is. Thanks be to God, a complete opposite of me, uh, that uh, she, she, yeah, we get everything done. So, um, uh, but my point is, is that our, is that what church is? We're busy clinking the pots, making sure everything is set. We're, we're setting the table and, and, and we're doing everything right. And we're, we're making the food and we're doing all this for God. Is that what church is? Is that what the sacrament is for us? Are we, are we making the batch of food or preparing the food for the guests or for ourselves? Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're there to receive the word, just like you're at the restaurant sitting at the table. You know, sometimes it's quick that they come out with food, sometimes it's longer. But you indeed know that, Lord willing, it shall come to your table, right? And, and that's how the sacrament is. Jesus is everything. He's everything about the house, right? He's cooking, he's serving He's, he's guiding you. He's leading you as your host. And why is this so important? Because at the end of the day, what is uh, uh, on tap, per se, is this constancy, uh, this certainty and assurance. And all by the Lord's word, as he works for us in his true body and blood, as his word promises to be, Right? Um, and think about that. You're coming to church as Jesus serves you. You're coming to church for you to serve God. You're coming to church for Jesus to serve you. In that service, John fifteen five, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Post-communion collect, what do we pray? That we have fervent love towards God, but also towards one Another, right? And here we see that bearing fruit. So we're not anti-works. We're not anti-doing things for other people, but how it begins and is rooted in what God has served to us in Jesus Christ. Certainty. See, if we don't have this certainty, what happens to our works? It becomes, I need to do these to be certain. That makes sense? And it becomes a burden. Nancy, ah. Oh, Jeff, you know, in the morning when he comes to set up electronic, oh, another week. Oh, even for myself. Oh, long way. Wake up at six. Oh, oh already? Really? Uh, wow, we have to go. And there are moments where you're like trying to do this by your own steam. But then when you get back to what this is all about, it's that's right. I am a child of God, redeemed and won for and purchased uh, by that price of his body and blood. And the benefit is of his institution, the word and sacrament for the forgiveness of my sins. I know the devil barks at me and he tempts me and I even fall into sin. But there he gives me his certainty and assurance. And there, as he is the vine and I'm the branches, I, I continue all because of this certainty, not trying to negotiate and keep up. But rather, because I am set free, I live out my vocation in great joy. 
It's a constant though, trust me, because we, we're always doing this, right? That's why that word is so important to hear. Every Sunday, you hear the proclamation of Christ. Justification by grace through faith. You always hear that because I know this for myself. Sorry, I'm hitting the mic every time I'm hitting it. Just like, it's, it's, it's causing static when you do that. I'm like, sorry, you know me. Anyways, I rarely listen to directions. Anyways, <laughs> that's, that's bad. Anyways, um, so we see right here that, that constant tension that the devil is saying, um, it's all about you. It's all about you. You got to make the effort. You got to do this. And what he is also telling you, you got to be certain. And how that certainty is done is by you doing it. Rather, here we see Jesus doing everything. J- Dave said it great. We come to church, and the first thing is we confess our sins, right? And we're absolved of those sins by the promise of Christ in John 20, the office of the keys. Like, even there, you say, I know I'm forgiven. How do you know? Because Jesus says to the church to do this very thing, to, 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 to call to repentance, uh, to have that confession, but also to forgive sins. And that's how you know, right? Even that little, that little speck of, no, I, I play a role, right? It's just that little piece. Oh, the devil knows every crevice. He do- Even the slice, oh, well, you know, I, that's great, but despair will be your likely outcome, right? Um... Anyways, okay, uh, we only have, oh, it's already, anyways, uh, okay, so um, certainty does not flow from the speculation of our own human reason, rather our true confidence is outside of self, though many will tell my faith, you know, my faith, you know that word, my faith, like I have my faith, um, what is that, my faith, anyways, uh, though many will tell my faith, soon they will find themselves with many doubts as they will inevitably seek assurances from where, from Within, we all do that. Rather, faith that receives never departs from what is given. Whoa, what did I write there? Through the promise and certainty and assurance in Christ and his word. Therefore, in the Lord's Supper, we receive the benefits that flow from the work of Christ and in his death and resurrection. Right? This is why I always teach my kids when they get married. Right? And they're so young, you might ask. Right? But this is what it's all about. This is the, the key to their marriage, is this picture of certainty and assurance. That's what I tell them. This is what you're looking for. And uh, if you find someone who doesn't have that picture, you're going to teach them this very picture of certainty. And you're going to lead them, if that is the case, to this very certain assurance of Christ and in crucified the Lord, word and sacrament. Because this is what, it's, this is, what is at stake. Right? Do you know what I'm saying here? Do you see what's at stake? I'm not saying that uh, people who don't, again, I want to be clear, people that believe in Jesus will be saved. But what I'm saying even more is our goal as a church through the word of God is when someone asks you, what is your faith? You're You're not digging deep. You're going to the host, chef, server, and all that he has given you. 
And what Jesus says is true, hey, that can only be certainty, and that's your faith, right? So this is what we do here, and what a great thing it is. Anyways, primary question, do the bread and wine merely symbolize the body and blood of Christ? The answer is no. Jesus' own words clearly identify the bread as his body and the wine as his blood. We take Jesus' words, this is my body, my blood, to mean what they, what they say. Sorry, another typo. So, so the next time you ask yourself, we're going to church again. Why am I going to church? Why did I wake up this morning? Why did Chris wake up this morning to play her beautiful music? Why did Don come this morning to put on his shirt and shoes and pants? Uh, why, did, why did Anthony take his... Uh, take his um, <laughs> oh, what a joke. That's great. Uh, uh, why did Anthony get up and, and, and get his kids out here to Bible study? And why is he here? It's not because we're doing a favor to God. It's not because we're just doing the Christian thing. But because this is where we find the certainty and assurance that is Christ. Because that's what I need. And that's what you need. So remember that this day, as every time you take the supper, this is what's happening. In the face of this. We're all immune. We're not immune to this. Trust me, guys. It's very pervasive in us. Here in this word, there we have it. Okay. Uh, why don't we close there uh, with a word of prayer. Let us pray. Our dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for your word. Lord, we know that you... You promise us in your gifts, the redemption price, your son, our savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, bless us in this, in this word, knowing full well that by your promise in your sacrament, we are certain and assured that we are forgiven of our sins. Give us this peace and bless us in your truth as you lead us in this true faith. We thank you, O Lord, for this day. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.